Hello, and welcome to episode two of Sticky Tape, Rap's new podcast. I'm JC Lemerton, and I'm going to be asking all the questions and nudging our guests to come up with oodles of ideas, fresh thinking and actions to inspire you in your own business. Today, we're starting close to home. I've collared our CEO, Kate Edie, to tell us about the philosophy and inspiration behind Wrapped, how she brings those ideas to our clients, and how you can do the same. Here at Wrapped, we're kind of about shaking things up, and clients always come to us looking for growth of some description, and growth needs change. So if you carry on doing what you've always done, you'll get the same results you've always had. And I know that that's a philosophy that Kate holds dear. So, Kate. Hello. Hello. <laughs> when we met, you had a business. I it did. It was many years ago. Yeah. And I was in awe of that business and it looked amazing. And then suddenly I hear from you that you've changed it all. So tell me about your thinking seven years ago. Um, I've been in business. I started in business when I was 23, uh, nearly 53. So nearly 30 years ago. And I'm a designer by trade. Um, and I had design agencies. Um, fairly successful design agencies, we're all going grey, you know, we did a little bit of website, um, we did print, uh, we were getting into digital design, all those kind of things, but I was incredibly frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- I went away, I was lucky enough to go away for about six months and do research. And I studied um, what everybody else was doing in the marketplace, or what the, where the marketplace was, and I think that changed everything for me. And I realised what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the thing that, that opened, up, opened up everything to me. I think in the design field especially, um, you learn and, and look and look what trends are and all those kind of things. But it's much, much wider than that. And that's when I, I just started to explore uh, lots of different things and realise that I needed to open my brain and open my mind to a lot more things. And that's how rap started. Right, okay. So, so what, what, what was different then? What was different about rap? I think because when you see things from different, different eyes, when you see things, you, your journey yourself is through your own, what you see in front of you is, is your own view, mm-hmm. and, but nobody else sees that. And everybody's opinions and experience and expertise is different to your own. And when I started asking and learning and understanding from a copywriter, you're a copywriter, you're a journalist, from a copywriter's point of view, um, from a digital marketing point of view, and that's what really changed and opened my mind. When you start understanding it from their point of view and you start seeing it changes everything, it changes how you design, it changes how you react, it changes um, how you deliver business to somebody. And that openness, um, I thought, we have to create something, or what I want to create something, where we have some serious talent under one roof. Not, we have, we have um, a design department and all those kind of things, but we have a motion designer, we have a digital designer, we have a few online, uh, offline designers, we have um, a number of copywriters and journalists with different experience, we have PPC, we have SEO, with all different experiences under one roof. And when, you're, when you learn from them, and I continuously learn, I learn every single day, and when you learn from them, it makes you better at what you do. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And, but that's, 
for a lot of business owners, that's quite hard to do, isn't it? To sort of say, you know, I'm going to listen to other people. You know, there's a, there's a tendency to sort of say, this is how I do it. This, is, this was my ideas and this is how I've always done things. I don't know, how, how can people be open to new ideas? I think in our, in our business, in our industry, um, we help, we're a service industry, we help other businesses. We help other businesses grow. Um, we do a, I do a lot of business consultation now, most probably because I'm old, but um, <laughs> we do a lot of um, a strategy work. But if we are there to help other people and to help their businesses, then more than ever, we need to understand what's going, out, going on in, in their industry, in the wider world. And I think people don't look at it in the wider world. They are so focused on what they do that they're not looking at the behaviours and the needs and wants of their audience or their potential audience. And more than that, they don't understand the possibilities. And from opening my own mind and from understanding and constantly realising that I will never, ever be an expert in what I do because what I knew yesterday is not enough for today. And from, from understanding all that that made me realise how big the possibilities are. And that's damn exciting. Mm. It's, it takes a certain mindset to get into that. I remember I heard somebody, well, I've, I've kept in touch with her actually, I heard someone speak at a conference that was talked about, she travels a lot to, to speak. She's an inspirational speaker. So she goes to lots of hotels. So she walks in and the lobby's amazing, obviously. And she's like, yeah, I can see what they're trying to do here. And they, you know, they have a set greeting and a check-in system and it's all lovely. And then you, you've, you've, booked, you've been booked into the best room on the on the top floor and you go up to the top floor and the doors open and there's the cleaning cart right in front of you (laughs) and she's just like they don't notice that because that cleaning cart's normal for them but actually what it's kind of done is sort of undermine that magic that they that they've tried to create elsewhere in the hotel so it's almost about finding what's the cleaning cart in your business absolutely um, you're absolutely right. Every, I think everybody business has one. I think we have one. Yeah. Um, and you, <laughs> I think you don't see the wood for the trees sometimes because you're so busy working on your business that you don't see uh, some little tiny things that other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't see, do you know, I mean, we're, we're moving on here, but when you talk about businesses, what they don't do, there's a lot of things that you've got to do as a business owner and especially for a small, smaller, medium-sized business. Um, you've got to have somebody that's looking at competition. So I've read the, you know, I read this Simon Sinek things of, you know, concentrate on yourself, don't concentrate on the others. Absolutely fine. But if you don't know who's coming up and you don't know who's, who's beating you, we see this time and time again. And businesses like, oh my God, who, who are they doing? Well, they're doing really well. They're a young company, but by God, they're taking your market share. Mm-hmm. They're taking your clients and they're listening to what they want. The world has changed. The world is changing. Um, And you can do one or two things. At at my age, I can either go, do you know what? I preferred it then. (laughs) Or I can embrace it. Yeah. And I can embrace what's going on and how it's changing and pick the bits out of that, that, all that, that's good. Mm. Otherwise, you go mad. (laughs) But it's picking all the really good things and going, you know, when we talk about AI and all those kind of things, 
it lets us do such amazing things. What AI does is brings us back to thinking about the audience, the, the, the end user, the client, the customer or whatever. Yeah. And I guess that's what, it's, it's the customer, is it, that change, that, that's changed? Yes, it is the customer that's changed. And, but obviously business owners have changed as well. Mm. And when you actually start, look, start looking at it, so let me explain what I, what I learned, what I have learned. So I'm a designer. Um, I know trends and all those kind of things. It's great. We love all those things. And everything to me is, uh, I'm passionate about what things look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I do. So I, I, can't, I can't hide that. Um, but we all learn differently. And think back to when, you, when everyone was at school. They, learn vis- they might learn visually mm-hmm. or practically. Uh, or they might learn, some people learn just from lists. Um, so we need to think about how people see, how people hear, and how people are served the, uh, the information that we're trying to, to, to sell them, to influence them. Mm. Um, so we need to be thinking about it from a lot of different points of view. And when I opened up and I realized and I listened to it from a, from a copywriter's point of view, mm. completely different to mine. And yeah. when I learned it, when I learned it, when I learned all those kind of things from uh, digital marketing, and Becky especially, who's, who's our uh, digital um, director, oh my God, that was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, because what is the point in creating anything if nothing's going to be done, f- done with it? It's the difference between graphic design and the difference between art. Art mm. is, on there for, uh, is, is bought for pleasure. Mm. Graphic design is there to actually do a job. Yeah, but what worries me about, so we, we talk about AI, we talk about digital, and that's the, the joy of living in a digital world is that we've got a lot of data to work from, right? Yeah. And so we can find out all this stuff. But I guess what concerns me is how, how do we bridge the gap between that and emotion? So emotion is everything. So I've talked about um, digital marketing and, and AI and things. I've just touched on them and we can go into a lot more detail because that fascinates me. Mm. Um, but emotion is everything. It doesn't matter what you do, what you come in contact with. It doesn't matter whether you sell, whether you're trying to get leads. It all is down to emotion. The emotion and the re- uh, that emotion connection that you get with somebody. And if you don't get that emotional connection, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You have lost it. So Emotion is the basis of every single thing we do, including even when I do a lot of business consultation about growth, um, we talk about emotion. Mm. What kind of emotion are you wanting um, somebody to feel? And the usual one is, can we get them to feel excited? Can we get them to feel um, trust? You know, and it's the usual things, and I hear these at least twice a week, every week. Let's go beyond that. Mm. Do we want them to feel slightly, slightly emotional? Do we want them to feel joy? Do we want them to feel, feel a sense of calm? Do yeah. we, what do we want them to do? And when we understand that, we can start to understand their behavior. So all that emotion is, is, is behavior. Mm. And with what's going on, um, people's behavior has changed. Yeah. And so their emotions have changed. People are tired. People are a little bit fed up now. You've got to tread carefully. Mm. You've got to think really, really closely about um, what will motivate them again. What will give them energy? 
what will get, get them yeah. excited again? Um, and just putting some, and I hate to say this because I'm a designer, but just by putting some, some real nice visuals together doesn't really cut it. Um, so that's how I, because I've always done emotion, that's how I got into the behavior side of things. And learning about behavior has just blown my mind. Hmm. Um, how on earth can you influence somebody's behavior if you don't understand it? And all we're trying to do when we are trying to grow our businesses is influence somebody's behavior. That's it. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the fascinating bit for Absolutely. us, isn't it? You know, and I know um, this is why focus groups are just so amazing. And, and, you know, so it's not it's not all digital research, is it? It's, no. You know, focus groups are brilliant. And we did one the other day and it was a subject that, that's very close to our hearts. And we know quite a lot about it and we feel, you know... I know we don't use the word expert here, but, you know, we feel like we know about it. We do. And that, that focus group unearthed a motivation or a couple of motivations that we had never thought about. And we, we would never have known that if we hadn't have gone and spoken to that end user, would we? Speak, actually speaking face-to-face, uh, -face, or we were on Zoom, weren't we? But face-to-face mm. -face or interviewing and actually letting them go so you're making them feel really comfortable. So mm. they, they, they basically open the floodgates. Um, we talked a lot about mental health last week and we worked with um, a lot of NHSs. Mm. So it was an absolute privilege, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolute privilege. Um, but like you say, things we learned there, I'd never thought of. Mm. Um, so that will affect everything that we do. For them, so yeah. focus groups, um, the AI, what AI can do is it can gather a lot of data quickly, usually from voice or usually from written. Mm. So as long as you have enough of them expressing themselves um, through talking or through the written word, um, they can collect all that data and we can start to see where the barriers are. Mm. Barriers is a, is a really big thing. If you're trying to influence somebody to buy your product, to come and... Um, and use your services, um, and there is a barrier there. What is the barrier? Instead of saying, do you know, oh, we'll just do it a bit of a different way. Oh, there must be idiots. Oh, they, you know, they didn't understand what we said. Um, that's actually not true. That's you. That's down to you, not them. Um, so understanding barriers is a really good thing, and that's where AI and um, behavior research really, really helps. So mm. in a big organization, um, we can actually see, and we've, we've not just the NHS, we've got quite a few big organizations we work with, um, we can actually see what tier there is, where the barrier is. Of course, because we can't talk to everybody. Mm. We can't talk, to, are we talking to directors? Are we talking to senior managers, decision makers? Are we talking to middle managers? Are we talking to shop floor? What level are we talking to in a non-patronizing way? And when I say talking to, I don't mean talking to us like we're talking now. I mean serving those ads, doing that branding. Who is it for? The brand identity all matters. But one of the things that just struck me while you were talking that, that might be one of our uh, cleaning carts to go back to that hotel analogy is talking about influencing. I wonder if, you know, to the, to the outside world, if you don't work in marketing or you don't work in yeah. sales or whatever... Does that sound really kind of weird and controlling? Because I feel like things have moved on since the, you know, the 50s, the madman world, when we're just trying to sell, sell, sell. And today it's more about influencing people. It's about finding the right person, isn't it? It's about Absolutely. reaching out to Culture. the right person. And I wonder if, you know, the way we talk about ourselves, we kind of forget that 
the words that we use like influence and you know try and get people to buy whether that's does that sound a bit controlling and is that a problem it does i don't think we i don't think any business really uses that anymore i don't think they're mm. using but at the end at the end of the day when people come to us and they want to change business the underpinning thing is that they want to get mm. more business they need to get more business so there is a reason they need to get more business for lots of reasons to keep people employed so there is a there's an underlining thing that we, we have to do so i'm sometimes a little bit crude and use a use a sales word um but we don't sell anymore you don't sell in anything you do ever you um people expect added value what is it that you're giving them that will um that make them be useful to them actually become their go-to place um, because suddenly when you start to create that and give something away give something back it's the mm. whole reason why we started rap knowledge mm. so educations i've taught before i'm i'm a qualified teacher and I've, I've taught before um and the rap knowledge was we it's what we spoke about years before <laughs> jason came to um came to work here uh, we talked about it about four or five years ago didn't we yeah um, and it's something that I wanted to do then. And it sounds a bit trite when you say I want to give something back. But when you get to a certain age, you do want to give something back. You want to give a bit of your, of your knowledge mm. combined with that young energy. <laughs> and the, the, the two are great. But to actually be able to give what we do um, free... It's really, really important to me that it's free. Mm. Those, the training and the technical, uh, you know, the Tuesday wraps and the rap knowledge, which has flown, it's absolutely gone bananas. Um, because the, because we're just helping those people. Not everybody can afford to come to agencies like us. Mm. That's okay. Doesn't mean that you should keep your knowledge to yourself. It's about actually just sharing. The people that come to us, um, brand is a little bit different, but certainly on digital marketing, they don't have time to do it themselves. So I'm not frightened about being really honest and open and sharing what we do. Nothing is a secret. Mm. We will be really open and we will help people um, to progress from graduates to those people that just need a bit more technical savvy um, and we're, we're creating um, something now which is wrapped in partners we're working with some truly aren't we you're, you're part mm. of it working with some truly influential people um, to let business owners with medium-sized businesses come to us and ask questions mm. free that's the whole aim so back up Thinking back there when we were talking about added value, added value is about what do you give to your audience? Mm. And that idea, we've taken that to a lot of clients, haven't we, and encouraged them to, to do that since, since I did join um, Wrapped. But, um, so it's, it can be different for different businesses. So for us, we do, obviously we're doing the podcast now, but we do webinars and we go to universities and, and do lectures and we do events and we do, you know, all that kind of thing blog posts article I hate the word blog articles <laughs> but um yeah and it, but it could be so people can think about what they can do that's relevant to their business right? absolutely and if you understand the emotional side first mm. and then you understand the behaviors of the people you will start to see what their need is mm. so ours came from a need it didn't just come from us it was like what do people need and they need technical information mm. um so that was ours but when you start doing that other lining the foundation piece yourself you start to see that and you start to actually be useful to your customer be useful to your audience and that opens up so much 
Mm. Um, so we can start to connect with them in a different way rather than, so it's amazing, nobody ever wants to be sold to. You just talked about sales. Yeah. Nobody wants to be sold to, and yet all they do is sell. <laughs> yeah. They don't say the word sell, but they just sell. There's no, there's no added value. There's no extra reason why they should come to their website. There's no reason why they should engage on their things because all they're doing is saying, we do this, we do that. Our personality is this. Mm -hmm. Our, you know, it's all about that kind of thing. This is who we are. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. is, is that relevant for, for all those different audiences out mm -hmm. there? Have we thought about that? And remembering that going into that behavior and all the, the needs and things, that changes. So what you did one year um, might not be right the next. It's not, I don't mean you have to change it all the time. No. You do have to be aware of, of how those needs are changing and be relevant to them. And that's the difference between a great brand and a struggling brand. Mm. If you look at great brands, their connection is brilliant. Yes, they do some clever stuff. They might do some absolutely shit art design. It might be absolutely superb, but they know their audience that they're, that they're, um, that they're targeting. So it's relevant wherever it's relevant and the right models, the right whatever it is, um, but it's only because they do their research. Yeah, and they, they, they stay within that, that kind of world, they stay, they stay relevant. You know, I've really noticed a difference. Obviously, we were talking before that I'm all about words, but the difference in the messaging that feels right now um, in, a, in a kind of COVID world um, to what it felt like before. You know, I've had a, a kind of a lifelong mission to break down complex things into something simple and so and kind of before the pandemic a lot of that was oh pop round we'll have the kettle on all that kind of thing that which and I've written yards of that yeah. and it's right it was right and it doesn't quite feel right now like I think you mentioned before it's about inspiring and people need to have something to look up to and but being visionary doesn't necessarily mean you've got to have massive complex words in it oh, it's doing not. that in a really simple way and so those those fundamental um kind of rules as it were of design and language mm -hmm. still hold true but you tweak you need to be involved in it enough don't you to feel Absolutely. those changes and you have got to, and you do feel them mm. back to the emotion you feel them you feel that that that's actually what you were saying then it was great a year ago it was great two years ago it's not right now the message is the same, the content is the same, but we need to word it in a different way. Mm -hmm. So people do want energy, they want to, something to look forward to, they're tired and all those things. So we just need to, to change that terminology and keep it really, really simple. And when you do that and you do that visually, as well as how it sounds and how it reads and serve, which is your digital marketing at the right time, all because all those three things are based on research, the same research. Mm. That one piece of research, we do quite a lot of research and auditing, but that one piece of research gives us, this is what I was talking about, people um, interpreting different ways. We take that piece of research, you take it one way, I take it another way, or the design team take it another way, um, and we all take from it different things. Mm. So we can all do our bit, and then when it comes together, and I know this sounds so, so cheesy, but <laughs> you've seen it happen. When it comes together, when we're around the table, all these different minds, he is magical. Yeah. And you, you're getting something that is just 
absolutely. And every time that happens, we, we have amazing results. Absolutely amazing results. Um, and that's because we've done the foundation part before. And that's because back to what I wanted rap to be, it's not me thinking I can do everything because I certainly can't. I am not a wordsmith. I'm all right at stringing a sentence now and again, but I can't <laughs> write the words. I can't digital market. I, mm. I, you know, that's, that's not my, um, my area of expertise, that word again, <laughs> but expertise. Um, but so it's getting all those talents and bringing them together. And that's what I found really, really quite frustrating when I just had a design agency. Mm. Um, but it took me a long while again back to that thing it took me a long while to realise I hadn't opened my mind enough before we kind of draw to a close I've got to do the thing so Kate and I we both live with builders right (laughs) we do they bring us down to earth so when we're talking about things like influence and and all those sort of words then we come off the phone or a zoom call or whatever and they tell us that we're talking bollocks Oh, they do, they do. So um, my husband comes off when he's listening to me and makes fun of my voice. Uh, what, what the hell was that? Or either I get up at the end of a, a sentence or um, chemistry meeting. I can't even tell you what he thinks of the word, uh, uh, the words chemistry meeting, let alone having one. Um, and yeah, and it, it keeps you very... It keeps you grounded. It keeps you very grounded. So, okay, so I'm going to ask the Nick and Mike question, which is, so I'm listening to this. I'm, I've got, I run my own business and I'm thinking, I've got time. I've got time for all that. I haven't got time to, um, or, or the resources to do all this research and, and change my model. What would you say? What would you say? I me? would say, um, f- find somebody that can do some research for you. If you can't do it yourself, a lot of the research we do, you can do yourself if you have time. So it's time, it's, it's unfortunate, it's time or getting somebody else to do it. It's time or money. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it is, it yeah. is. Once you have got that piece of research and know where you are now, it informs everything else. Don't do anything. Don't, don't embark on anything if you haven't done proper research. And when I talk about research, it goes into lots of things from competitor research to um, where you are online, to where you are offline, to how you sound, to um, what the behaviours are. We have lots of different, different parts of research. But when you know that, it will change the way you think. It will change the way you think of your business. It will change your understanding of possibilities. And that's where everybody gets excited. And um, so that is the first, first piece of advice I would get. If you can put any pennies together, go get research done. Yeah, because if you don't, your blockbusters, who the younger members of the team here have never even heard of, and they've all got a Netflix subscription. Absolutely, you really do need to... Um, you need to be where it is now, understanding what's going on now, not last year. Yeah. And one of the things that we plan to do with this podcast is invite all sorts of people, clients, not clients, potential mm-hmm. clients, anyone, anyone who's got something, you know, anyone who we've heard their story and we're really inspired by them. And we, we just want to share that idea and, and encourage people to open their minds. Right? We have. And we've got such a diverse, uh, diverse range. We've got the, somebody now that's starting a new business and they have completely, totally put the trust in us. They let us do what we want without interfering um, and it's been wonderful and it's, <laughs> it's barely launched and it's gone. It's unbelievable. It's blown my mind. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. 
I think maybe it's easier almost to do that, isn't it, right at the beginning, to be open-minded right at the beginning yes, when you're young is. and idealistic. Yeah. It's, it's kind of harder if you've got a more established business. Um, and it, it's a question of knowing that you're likely to get set in your ways and you're likely to, to kind of drop off that continuous learning. And, you know, it's about just staying hungry for it and staying excited about it, I guess. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, lo- I love to learn. I just mm-hmm. love, I'm constantly learning. It's it's what my hobby is. It's it's what I, I love to do. But you can learn in lots of different ways and it's finding the learning that's right for you. So it's, if it's not reading books, it's not reading articles, it's speaking to other people. There's lots of different ways of, of being inspired. Mm-hmm. It might be going to talks, it might be all, all sorts of different things, but it's learning different um talents and appreciating different points of view and I think that's the thing remember it's not all about you brilliant thank you thanks Kate thank you very much